Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Can I point this out about Boaz? We know that he's rich, right? So he could have been had somebody. You know, there, there he got maidservants out in the fields. I mean, it's not like he was single. He didn't have to be single. He could have had somebody. Everybody here knows it's been that way for every culture. If a man got money, he can have a woman. She might not be about nothing, but but it's money, but he can have one. The fact that Boaz is single says something about him too. He's been waiting, waiting on the Lord. I got options, but I'm not running after every option. I'm waiting on God's option. As Pastor Bill continues his teaching series through the book of Ruth, he'll be challenging you to not settle for less than what God intends for your life. Boaz was a rich older man who could have gotten married very easily, yet he waited for the Lord to provide him a wife. If you're single, make sure you only seek out a Christian for a spouse. You can't missionary date and try to change other people. Purpose to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then he will provide for you all that you need. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ruth, chapter 2, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. The most important thing you're going to want to have settled in someone that you're considering a relationship with is where they stand with your God. Because your relationship with God should always be the most important thing in your life, your relationship with him, um, his lordship over your life. And so if you're going to investigate a relationship with someone or, or, or even be open to it, that should be the most important thing. Where do they stand with God? They love the Lord like I love the Lord. You know, and I, I told you guys before, just because somebody showed up at church one time don't mean that they love the Lord. Sometimes people be desperate. Well, they go to church. That's just, that's irrelevant. You know, people could go to church, but they're not part of the church. They don't submit and surrender their life to the Lord. They just go to church. It's people who go to the gym. But I go to the gym. You know what I'm saying? I, that, you keep going then. You know, so um, just because somebody go to church, that's not, that's not a qualifier. Um, you want to see evidence, fruit in their life. This person is submitted to God. They walk in humility. They walk in submission. They obey the word of God. That's what you're looking for in someone's life. Not just that they claim Christianity, not because they show up and hang out around other Christians, but there should be evidences, stronger evidences in the person's life that Jesus Christ is Lord. It should impact how they live, what they will and won't do, how they speak, how they deal with difficult things, how they come at you. Um, all those things should be impacted by the fact that Jesus is Lord of their life. So you want to look for that. So Boaz gets that information about her. Verse 13. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. And so now Ruth responds and she said, you know what? Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord. She's speaking in a respectful term to him. Um, she said, you have comforted me. So she appreciated how he's taking care of these, all that, all that extra things, the nice things you said to me and that them grains you let me glean and let me drink water over there and tell them men don't bother me. You know, she said, I'm comforted. And she said, by the things that you said, so and, and you have spoken kindly to your maidservant and you have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I'm not like one of your maidservants. You spoken kindly, even though I'm not like the people here that work with you, you've spoken very kindly to me, even though I'm a foreigner. You've been kind to me. She's recognizing that. Verse 14. Now, Boaz said to her at mealtime. Now, this is I mean, he's been nice. Now, this is where Boaz taking it to the next level. So uh, now Boaz said to her at mealtime. Hey, come here, girl. 
That's my paraphrase. I think that's how he said it too. But he said, come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. He going there, y'all. So he said, so she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and she kept some back. It's typical woman. I'm not going to eat it all. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going I'm not going to two fist it in front of Boaz. But this is what he does next. And, and um, you got to understand in this culture, these are very um, when you would eat with someone is a very intimate thing. You didn't just eat with anybody. A Jew wouldn't eat with a Gentile. Believer wouldn't eat with a non-believer. You wouldn't eat with an enemy. Um, it's a very intimate thing. And he's saying, you know, because you would, they, they dipped everything. He said, girl, you come here. You dip your bread. I'm going to give you some bread. And you dip it in my vinegar. We're going to share this vinegar dip and this bread together. It's going to be good. And she did. She went and she ate. And so at this point, it's very clear in their customs that he, he's reaching out. He's kind of digging me. He's kind of liking me. And I just want to point it out. She hasn't even got dolled up yet. You know, this is not a physical thing. The attraction that he's had to her has been character. This is a woman of character. She's out there working hard, taking care of her mother-in-law. She didn't, she's kept her word. She's left everything behind. She's come under the shadow of God, under his wings for covering, of her refuge. He just recognized there's something real special about her. Can I point this out about Boaz? We know that he's rich, right? So he could have been had somebody. You know, there, there, he got maidservants out in the fields. I mean, it's not like he was single. He didn't have to be single. He could have had somebody. Everybody here knows it's been that way for every culture. If a man got money, he could have a woman. She might not be about nothing, but, but it's money. But he could have one. The fact that Boaz is single says something about him, too. We've been waiting, waiting on the Lord. I got options, but I'm not running after every option. I'm waiting on God's option. I'm waiting on, I'm waiting on God to do it for me. So I just want to point that out about him. He, he's single. He didn't have to be, but he is. Waiting on the Lord. And as he's waiting on the Lord, this little, this little Moabite honey come on down the way. And, and, um, and, and God's starting to move on his heart as he investigates. She's checking out. Oh, she's a believer. All right. Oh, she has character. Oh, ooh, she's a hard worker. Oh, she's humble. I mean, just boom, boom, boom. There ain't nothing bad yet. She just, she's just checking out on everything. So it says she ate and was satisfied and she kept some back. I thought that was cool because you're going to see when she gets back home with Naomi, she takes that extra portion. She didn't save it back so she can go home and like we do with a, it's not like the, the, doggy, the doggy bag at the restaurant, you're going to go home and eat the rest later. She took that extra home. She said, oh, this is good. Let me take some for Naomi. And she took some, she's going to take some home to bless her mother-in-law. It just, again, just speaks of the kind of woman she is. It's not all about her. Verse 15. It says, and when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded this young man saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. So the deal was you can glean uh, they had areas that you could glean from, but you couldn't go to the sheaves and pull it off. That's what the reapers did. His, Boaz told his workers, hey, she can go where the workers, she can glean wherever she wants. She can go to the sheaves, pull it off. She ain't got to pick it up off the floor. And he said, and when she does it, don't y'all say nothing. Don't y'all reproach her. Don't bother her. He basically said, I mean, she's going to still be reaping, but it's going to be good pickings for this girl, you know, because she has found favor in his sight. Verse 16. And he says, and let grain from the bundle fall purposely for her <laughs> and leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. So he's basically telling his men, you got a big old sack of wheat, uh, of wheat <laughs> that you've gleaned already. And as you walk, just drop some bundles behind you on purpose. We walk right in front of Ruth and just go blah, 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 and let them fall out. And she said, for real? For real? Oh my goodness, you know. And um, once again, 
You know, this is him just saying, I'm, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it so good in my fields. He won't think about going somewhere else. And um, some of you women do that. You just, you know, I remember the first time I went to visit my wife, uh, I was gonna go hang out with her at her dad's house. And she said, I'll throw something together to eat. I was all right, you know, I eat. So I went on over there and I I, I still remember it. I remember it was it was some steak. It was some, some smothered potatoes. I remember her telling me how she just she threw it together. I, 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 I cook all the time. I got dad and three brothers. And I'm like, for real? You do this all the time? Well, hey, now, you know. Uh, I, I, could, I could get used to this. You know, I've been eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and stuff. So, um, but, uh, so moving on down here. So he just was, I'm going to make it so good over here in my fields that, uh, you, 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 it, you, it wouldn't even make sense for you to go to another field. He got, he got the fellas dropping stuff out on purpose to make sure that she gets blessed. Uh, now it says in verse uh, 17, so she gleaned in the field until evening and she beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah barley. And just as you measure it out, that was an enormous load for a gleaner. Somebody that's just getting a little the scraps of extra. It's an enormous amount. So it'd be like, let's say that a normal gleaner is walking home with a, you know, with a with a school sandwich, with a school lunch bag enough to eat for the day. And and it would be and would be happy to have it. She's walking back home with, she got a barrel, she got a trash can with wheels on it, and she's having to roll hers behind her like this. And they're like, where Naomi's gonna see and say, where did you glean today? I mean, I don't even know if the workers are getting that much. You know, where where did you go, girl? So it's an enormous amount that she has gleaned and is getting ready to take home. And so it says in verse 18, it says, then she took it up and went to the city and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave her, gave her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. So as soon as Ruth got home and this again, it just speaks to me about, I'm, I'm, I'm learning about this woman. She got home and as soon as she got home and she worked all day, she worked from sun up to sundown, but she had that extra food from Boaz fed her that, that parched grain and, and that vinegar. And she took some of that home. Soon as she got home, she went to Naomi and said, here, I brought this for you. And she took that to her mother-in-law. She took that, she took, took that to serve her um, and she, you know, gave it over to her. Verse 19 says, and her mother-in-law said to her, oh, where have you gleaned today? Where did you go and where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she took, I'm sorry, so she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. So she told her mother-in-law where she had been, uh, where she had worked, and she said, hey, and the guy's name is Boaz. Notice that before she even mentioned anything, Naomi said, Naomi tells her, um, you know, you found favor in somebody's sight. This, this, them bags that you bringing home, them a favor bags. Them, them not, that's not regular, that's not hard work, that's favor on top of hard work, you got a favor bag that you brought home. And so where did you go and where did you find favors? You found favor in somebody's sight today. Verse 20, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, blessed be the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, this man is a, sorry, this man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. And we'll talk a lot about this next week. He's a, a Hebrews a Goel. He's going to be able to be a kinsman redeemer. He's, He's hooked up in the family in such a way that because uh, because Ruth's husband died, who was the son of Naomi's husband who died, this man is a close relative. He could actually redeem her. He, he's going to be eligible to marry her to keep that family line going. He'll be in this, 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 this line. And so that's something we're going to talk all about next week. But 
I just want you to know, as soon as Naomi heard his name, she said, hey, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's, this, this, is all, this may be great. And she's praising God. Remember what Naomi said when she came back home? What she said? She said, I went out full and I came back empty. She was bummed out. I left here with a husband and two sons. And I'm coming back here with no husband, no sons, and one daughter-in-law is coming back home with me. I left here full. I came back empty. She said, don't call me pleasant. Call me bitter because the Lord has dealt partially with me. And she was bitter, right? And I told you guys last week when we looked at that, that she didn't know the blessing she was bringing home with her. She said she came back empty, but she didn't come back empty. She came back with Ruth. And God was going to do something really sweet through this relationship that they were going to have. And she's not going to be empty. but She's going to be full. And as they just getting going, this 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 Ruth first day out on the fields to go glean and get them a little something to eat at, at, at or at least from what we have written here. And she comes back and, and Naomi is full of hope now. She said, wait a minute, because if Boaz like you, huh, Boaz rich, we'd be all right. We 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 have a place to stay. We eat good. I mean, she she's all kind of hopeful now just saying. This, this this may be this may be great. He actually is a he's in the he's a close relative. He's a goel. He could he could actually, you know, marry you. And Naomi, the wheels are going. Naomi saying, oh, this 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 might be the Lord. Um, I'm, I'm I'm encouraged. This could be God. And so um, look at verse 21. Ruth the Moabite said, he also said to me, you shall stay close by my young men until they have finished my all my harvest. Anybody notice something wrong with that? Go back and look at the end of verse eight. At the end of verse eight, Boaz speaking, he says, but stay close to my what? My young women. Now, when you get over to verse 21, Ruth, the Moabites, um, she says, he says, stay close to my young men. Is there a misunderstanding? I don't know. I, me and my wife was going over this. Uh, I think last time in the Bible, reading, we were reading through this and, and, and she had picked up on this. Um, did she misunderstand what he has said? I don't know. Um, but he clearly said, hey, you, you hang out with the young women. She's going back home. Naomi said, yeah, yeah. He, he told me to hang out with the young men. And Naomi, being wise, and again, for young people, you need, you need older, wise people in your life, people that speak God's truth to you. Um, sometimes just common sense. Naomi says, no, no, that's not a good idea. I don't, I don't, care, what, I don't care what you think he said. I'm going to tell you who you need to stay close to. Look at verse 23. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women. And she just real graciously, you know, she said, no, 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 that all that young men thing don't sound right to me. It'd be good for you. You hang out with the young women. You stay over there where the women are. You stay out there. Don't be out there with them nappy headed boys. Don't be out there. You mess up a good thing, Ruth. You, he's interested in you be out there with the young men, you be able to ruin everything. You, you hang out with the young women and that's what you need to do. And so she said, it is good that you, um, that you go out with his young women and that people do not meet you in any other field. So Naomi's just giving her some wise counselors. It's good that you be with the young women. And she said, it, it'd be a good thing if you don't go to another man's field, you go on and go back and glean over there. Um, it was, it made sense practically that she would continue to glean there. But Naomi also realized that, Hey, he seems very interested. Um, leave that door open. Don't go glean somewhere else. You go on and continue to go over there and, um, we'll see in the, in the weeks, you know, the, the chapters to come, Naomi's going to give further counsel and advice. And so I would say this to single people, um, because I've seen a lot of things in my day. I have seen single people be encouraged by their friends to do things. Um, and it's, it's sad. I, I, sometimes I wonder if people's friends don't want to see them crash and burn. Girl, I would just do it if I was you. 
Yeah? Would you? Why you single? Why your marriage didn't work? You know, you be careful who you take counsel from, women and men. Guys, oh man, if I was you, I would, that ain't where you want counsel from. You want to take wise counsel. So if you're single, probably one of the biggest decisions you will make in your life after coming to Christ is going to be who you marry. Um, who you gonna, Who am I going to, I'm making a vow between me, God, and this man or woman for the rest of my life till death do us part. It's a really big deal how you come to those conclusions and the counsel you get along the way. So you want to take wise counsel. Uh, you don't want reckless counsel. You don't want counsel with somebody who don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, you, you want to take in wise counsel and be careful who you open up your heart to. Be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Um, I, for me, just a rule of thumb, I don't care, you know, if, if somebody, as far as relationships go, if somebody is not having success themselves, they can't speak to me about mine. I'm not, I'm not open to take counsel. You can tell me what not to do. How did you end up there? Tell me how that happened so I don't do it. But um, there are people that have PhDs, I'm sorry, and degrees um, that, you know, it's, it's, it's actually a couple that are comical. They, they write books. They've gone to school for it. They got data and everything else, but they, it, all that information didn't make their marriage work. How, what are they going to tell you about yours? How are they going to help you? Why they, they, they single. How can they speak to you about it? So if you're going to take counsel, you want to take wise counsel. You want to take wise counsel with someone that's, that's doing well in the area. And so um, Naomi here is just loving. She's giving wise counsel to uh, Ruth and um, encourage her to, you know, you, you stay around the young women. Verse 23, it says, so they stayed. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest. And she dwelt with her mother-in-law. So uh, Ruth heeded the counsel of Naomi. Um, she took counsel and she heeded. She listened. She did what she was told to do. Also speaks to her. Some people will take good counsel and then don't do it. I heard you. I heard everything you said. But I'm going to go try that anyway. You know, so she heard good counsel and she obeyed the good counsel that she got. So this is what I wanted to just walk through real quick. And um, I pray it just be an encouragement. As I, I just went through the chapter uh, and just wrote out some things that I thought would be good lessons for singles, things that you can pick up on. So I, I put them in a the form of questions. Hopefully you can answer them from the chapter and um, you can write them down if you want or just listen to them. Uh, the first one I just want to point out. Uh, we talked about it. What was Boaz doing? When God brought him Ruth, what was he doing? He was working. He was being faithful. He was overseeing his business. Um, he was just doing what God had given him to do with his life. He was doing that. He wasn't out looking. He wasn't walking around every day saying, where's, where's she at? Is that her? Is that her? Is that her? He wasn't on eHarmony. They didn't have a dot com back then, but he wasn't searching the web, see if he can find a picture of her. He was just doing what God called him to do. That's what he was doing when he found Ruth, when God brought him Ruth. Uh, same question for the other one. What was Ruth doing when God brought her Boaz? She was serving her mother-in-law, gleaning in the fields, working really hard to, to, to get a widow's days of food. That's what she was doing. She was taking care of business when this man took notice of her. So they both, if you get the, the, the you just get the trend, they were both doing what God called them to do when God brought this special person into their life. They were both obey, obeying what they knew to be doing at the moment. Let that be an example to you. There's a scripture in Psalms 37, 4 that says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. God said, you know what? Just delight in me. It's a hard. It takes faith because what we think is if I want that, I got to go get it. God says, no, 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 no. Delight in me. 
Go after me. Pursue me. As you're doing that, I'll give you the desire. I'll make you desire the right things and I'll give you the things you desire. I'll give you the desires of your heart. Pursue me. Delight yourself in me. So um, next, um, what do we learn about Boaz? The few things we learned about him. Uh, we know he's related to Naomi's deceased husband. Uh, we find out toward the end of the chapter that he is a, a, a close relative of Goel. He's going to be able to be a kinsman redeemer. He's a man of great wealth. He treated those that are under his authority uh, with, with grace and with love and with respect. And so we, we get something about the character of this man. He's a man of character. He's a man of God. What do we learn about Ruth? Um, she's a Moabite that came back with Naomi. We learned last week that she had said, you know, your God's going to be my God. We see in this chapter she's a hard worker um, that she had heard. I'm sorry that um, sorry Boaz heard all that she had done from her mother, that she's been there serving her mother and her testimony among the people over there. They're saying, man, she's really been, been a blessing to Naomi. She got a good testimony. She just got there. But they're looking at what she's doing for this woman, Naomi, and they're blessed by it and they're testifying of it. Um, and again, she had come to know the Lord. He said, now I know that, you know, you, you've come under you've come to the God of Israel who under whose wings you have come for refuge. So she's also a believer. And so both of them, what they what they able to glean and know about each other are all good. Um, what was Ruth doing uh, when he noticed her once again? She wasn't all dolled up. She didn't have on a little, uh, you know, she had she was out there working and it probably wasn't looking real hot. It wasn't her looks. It was her character that was attractive to him. How did Boaz pursue her? So for the guys, you know, he was very, very nice. He did nice things. You know, he made sure she was taken care of. He invited her to continue to glean this field. He said, you can drink the water over here. He invited her not to go somewhere else. He told his young men, back off. You know, that's, that's me. You know, whatever. He let them know. He, but he, he pursued her in ways that were respectful, never compromised her in any way. He didn't call her off into the closet somewhere and try to snatch a kiss off of her. You know, he's just he's he's approaching her and treating her with respect as a man of God. But at the same time, he's making it very clear that he's interested. So, so all those kind things that he did uh, would have definitely said, brother's interested in you. You have you have definitely found favor in his sight. What did he know about her and what did Ruth know about him? They he had done his homework. So he had all that little information that he put out. So um, if you're going to pursue someone and you're going to be interested, it'd be good to have some background, find out what you can find out about them, um, particularly their walk with the Lord. Probably most important thing you want to find out about and their availability. Are they single? Uh, I encourage all my married people that you wear a wedding band. Uh, it's, it's just a real quick way to reference people. They say, oh, they're married. I hate to see married people that don't wear a ring because you'd be looking available when you're not available. People be all missed up and they're like, oh, they, they no, oh, they're not. Oh, oh, oops. <laughs> I sinned. <laughs> you know, I, I covered another person's spouse or whatever. So don't do that to people. Wear a ring. You get a cheap one if you can't get an expensive one, but get a ring, wear it. This in our culture says I'm married and I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, married person without a ring, unless you're pregnant and your fingers don't swole up. Uh, that happens. Uh, we get that. Um, but a married person with no ring says I'm married and I don't want you to know. Um, I lost it. I don't know what that's. If you're married in our culture, you have to wear a ring. So uh, so people know where you stand. So we should have background. We should have some information about people. Last thing, what counsel did Naomi give to Ruth? She said, you know what? You make sure you stay around these young women and don't go and glean anywhere else. Uh, she gave her good counsel. She has some more good counsel uh, for her next week. But she said, hey, you know, God's blessing here. Things are going well. You, you go ahead and continue to glean where you are. And yeah, don't be around the young men. You go and hang out with the young women. Uh, that he might that he might see that you're a woman of character and so forth. So as we wrap this up, my prayer or my encouragement for my single 
brothers and sisters, is that you could take some lesson from this. I often have said this, that God reserves his best for those that let him do the choosing. We all know the story of Ruth. She and Orpah were daughters-in-law of Naomi. When all three of their husbands died, the grief-stricken Naomi decides to return to her homeland of Israel, and her daughters-in-law were set to go with her. When she told them to stay, Orpah did. But Ruth refused, faithfully following her mother-in-law to a new land. Each woman made their choice, but one choice led to obscurity, and the other to honor and a place in the genealogy of the king. But the thing is, no one would have blamed Orpah for remaining in her homeland. She was a young woman who had recently been widowed, and to go with Naomi would mean giving up her culture and her home, a move that would have added immense stress and strain to her grief. Take a look at your life. You might be struggling with grief yourself right now. No one will blame you for taking all the time you need. But is there an opportunity in front of you to say yes? Is there an opportunity to be faithful to someone or something outside yourself? You can hold back and play it safe, or you could reach for something greater. We love going through the book of Ruth with you here on A Transforming Word. Join us in person at 9 or 11 every Sunday at Calvary Chapel Inglewood, or online on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Live. Head over to our website at calvaryinglewood.org for more messages, information on how to support this ministry, or to join our daily Bible reading plan. We're out of time for today, but be sure to join us again next time for another Transforming Word.